0: Tell it what God has done for you, how God delivered you, how God paid your bills, how God healed your body, how God bought you out, how God did what he did in your life. Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. If you notice, if you don't mind, Luke chapter 24 I'm going to be looking at verse 49. And it reads as follows. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Until you are endured with power from on high. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the, fa- of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And those in Luke 24 and 49, he told them to wait in the city of Jerusalem. And then they were assembled together in, verse, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And he told them to continue to wait. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, for truly John baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this particular topic. The promise is worth the wait. The promise is worth the wait. To wait means to be stationary, remain stationary in readiness or expectation. When I say stationary, we're not moving or we have no plans on moving. But we're ready, though. We have a mindset that is fully prepared or we're in expectation. In other words, if I'm waiting, I've decided to pause in regards to my movement but I'm sitting on ready. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to experience that which God has waiting for me. In my opinion, many of us are busy individuals. I would not deny that. But and look, let me say this to you. I believe we're busy physically, mentally, emotionally, sometimes all, all three at one time. <laughs> physically, mentally, and emotionally. Even when we're not moving physically, our thinking can be moving in ways that causes us to be restless, unquiet, or to lack peace. You could be laying in the bed, but your mind is constantly racing because you are not stationary. You're moving in your mind even though your body is sitting there. You can be watching television, but you haven't seen anything on the television because your mind is constantly moving. You could be in the sanctuary right now and you could be listening to me, but your mind could be racing so fast you're not comprehending what I'm saying. In other words, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. And I, I pray that you're not all over the place. See, I believe that learning the wait is a process. It's a series of actions you have to learn how to take. It's motions that lead to certain results. And we have to pray, seek God's wisdom in how to develop, to evolve, or to mature in that area when it comes to waiting. You have to ask the Lord to help you when it comes to waiting. And as we grow, as we mature, as we Learn in this process, we come to understand that the outcomes, the the people, and the places are well worth the wait. Getting our mind right is well worth it. It's definitely useful for us and valuable for us to wait. I've learned over the years that let me tell you something. I learned over the years that you can rush outcomes. You can rush. People. You can rush in the situations uh, that you think you're ready for, but in many cases, you were not ready as you thought you were. For example, people may ask for certain responsibilities in ministry, such as teaching or preaching, yet they're not willing or faithful to do the things that such as study, meditate on the word of God, not just read it, but to receive and give revelation knowledge of what they have received. And I need to be excited about hearing the word of God. I don't need to rush what God is speaking into my life. And I've learned that as you continue to study, you continue to read, you continue to meditate. If you allow God to do it, he'll give you revelation about your circumstance and your situation. In fact, that's therefore I found out that private devotion time is one of my best times. You know why? Because God talking to me. I love y'all, but God talks to me first before he he can even get my mind right so I can talk to you. Glory be to God. And you need to have that mindset that you talk to Jesus first before you pray. Talk to Jesus first before you lead auxiliary. Talk to Jesus first before you minister a song. Talk to Jesus first before you play an instrument. Talk to Jesus first before you serve in a capacity. Because God can get your mind together. How many know God can get your mind together? Woo! You don't believe me? Look around the sanctuary. Raise your hand again. Oh, God got all these minds together. And, and, and it, listen, you see how calm they look. They're sitting here and they're pretty white and they look look good and so forth. But sometimes you don't see all the thoughts going around their mind. They can be sitting calmly, but their mind is like a, a freight train. It's running and running and running and running and running. And, running. and it's, it's going to stop. But the Lord knows how to regulate our minds. I have to patiently wait and allow God to develop me, anoint me, prove me. It's the process that is worth the wait. Why? To help other people. Help other people when I share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. When I pray for them, when I minister to others, it's worth the wait. And when it comes to God's kingdom, waiting is part of the process. And we see over in Luke, excuse me, yeah, Luke 24, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. In fact, it appears he is stirring their faith and expectation that something great and powerful was about to happen or basically has happened and was continually to happen. Something that would be beneficial to them, useful and excellent for them. And we first... want to look at Romans 10 and 17. Romans 10 and 17 reads as follows. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Keep that scripture in mind that faith, your belief, your confidence, your persuasion, and your conviction comes by hearing the instruction or the preached word of God and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, in Luke 24, 24, let's look at verse 44. Luke 24 and verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So we see, first of all, in that text. He says, these are the words which I spoke to you. In other words, he is constantly revealing his word to his people. And it's clear in this text that we must pray that Jesus continues to open our eyes so we can see him in the scriptures. Lest we learn, lean to our own understanding understanding when it comes to what God is saying in the scriptures. So it goes on to say in Luke 24 and 45 it reads as follows, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Notice this, he opened their understanding, indicating first of all that the understanding was closed. And that's understanding. You need to get that, that their understanding was closed. And sometimes when you're talking to people, you got you can't just take for granted that they understand everything you're saying. That what, as a ministry, we have to pray that God opens up the understanding of everybody who comes through the doors. Everybody, not just me, but everybody needs the understanding to be Open. In other words, cause them to understand, open up their mind so they can think and have, uh, able to judge matters and have desires that may they can comprehend or join or connect in their mind to the scriptures. So I want God to help me to understand the scriptures. So I'm not just praying that I understand it, but I'm praying that all of us in this sanctuary understand the scriptures. It, listen, when you sing in a song, I pray that everybody understands the songs that we're singing. I pray that if you teach Sunday school or a Zoom Bible study or have a meeting, I'm praying that our understanding will be open. We can't take for granted that somebody is quote unquote spiritual, that they understand what the Spirit is saying in this hour. Mm-hmm. Because you can get confused and thinking, oh, I'm sure they understand what I'm saying, but in some cases their mind has not been opened up to it yet. They're singing a song, but they really don't know what they're singing. They're, they're doing a particular task in ministry, but they don't understand the significance of what they're doing. Listen, they, they may be doing something in ministry, and you may think because they've got a title behind their name or in front of their name that they understand what's going on. But that that's that not necessarily the case in every time. We have to pray that everybody in this sanctuary understands the scriptures. We gotta pray that. And listen, we can't, listen, you going to me, I pray that everybody understands the scriptures. Well, Pastor, if you got senior ministers, I pray that everybody understands the scriptures. I mean with the pastor, I pray that Pastor Dobbs understand the scriptures. Nobody is, uh, uh, it's going be a result. Nobody is, uh, exempt from that particular prayer. We all pray. And see, that's why I'm learning there are levels to reading the word of God. See, we can read the word. Then we can read the word with an understanding to the point that we think on the word after reading it. We can also read the word in a manner that we are thinking on it, but we're also making connections to the word of God. We are seeing and operating in the revelance of the word of God. And then we can read it to the point that we see ourselves in the scriptures. And that is a powerful revelation. We can see yourselves in the scriptures. And as we see this text, it takes Jesus to open up our understanding to this particular level. And as Jesus opens our mind and causes us to understand, it's easy for us to think, to talk, and behave, and receive that which is promise, that which is declared to us that it will happen to us because we have a better understanding of what the Lord is doing. I'm praying that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm not just reading a scripture, but I believe that I am healed by Jesus' stripes. I believe that God has power to heal. I believe that God has power to deliver me from every point of sickness and disease in my life. Why? Because he did it for so many people in the Bible. He did it for the one with the issue of blood. He did it in the Old Testament, raised people up that were dead. He did it, amen, for people that were blind who couldn't see. He raised up people. He did it. Not only did he do it, Peter did it. There was a man, a woman, excuse me, a little girl that was sick, and he went and prayed for her, and she got back up. And I said to God, if you do it for them... You will do it for my sister. You will do it for the one in white. You will do it for my brother. You will do it for them. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he is not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for you just like he'll do it for me. If God says he'll supply a need, I'm looking for God to supply the need. I don't know how God going to do it every time. I'm not caught up in how we do it. I'm caught up in the God who supplies the need. My confidence is in the one who supplies the need. And that's the God I want to serve because I know God can use anybody. God told Peter to go go fishing, and the first fish you catch, take the money out of his mouth. I've been fishing a lot of days, my brother. I ain't never seen no money in a fish's mouth. But that day, that's how he supplied the need. So God knows how to meet needs that may mess with our minds, but the bottom line is his word did not return back to him, boy, but it accomplished everything he sent it out to do. He supplied the need. He supplied the need. And that's what you're looking for God to do. You're looking for God to open up your mind so you can receive the word and then the promise of God become manifest in our lives. Now, a day like Pentecost, it reminds us of the promise of the outpouring Of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important that we understand the promise of the Holy Spirit, the value of that promise, so that we can wait for him in confidence and expectation that it will manifest. And you see here in Luke 24 and 49, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Notice he says, Behold, I sin. It's it's going before you. I'm appointing something for you. It's at a certain place in time. What am I sending? I'm sending the promise. I'm sending a declaration that a blessing will happen of my father upon you. But notice what he says, but Terry, settle down. Settle down. Hey, don't be anxious. Dwell there. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. See, it's important for us to grow and mature in the process of waiting on God. Regardless if we're getting saved, abathed in Christ, or been a believer for years or decades, it is important that we wait on God. See, some blessings that God will order to be sent to us in such as the promise of the Holy Spirit will require us to settle down in Jesus. Settle down in His Word, settle down in His presence and expect an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Notice what we, what we can expect according to Luke 24 and 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endured, you're put on, you're clothed with power, with strength, with, with ability, with power to perform miracles from on high or from heaven. See, this power comes with influence. It comes with peace. It comes with prosperity. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes with the resources and the power of angelic armies and forces. This is not just any ordinary power. This is power from on high. And it's an inherent power that allows us to have divine ability and divine abundance. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit ministering to us as well as through us. And it's a necessity for a believer. That's why we have to settle down and wait for his timing because his timing is perfect. He don't make mistakes. He knows exactly when he wants us to have his promise according to his will for our lives. That, But we must stay in a place mentally as well as physically as well as spiritually to receive it and remain in a place to receive the outpouring. And that is so important that we don't get moved away by letting the enemy take us away from the place that God wants us to be at. Because the promise was promise for a certain time at a certain place. And the problem was, because I'm going to give you just a little uh, sneak into the, uh, to the movie, there were 500 people that heard about it, but only 120 came to the upper room. That means some people got sidetracked by something along the way. And I don't want us to miss out on what God has for his people. Let, don't let the enemy sidetrack you away from the promise of God. By promise you something that he can't deliver on no way. By offering you something that take you away and he got nothing better to offer you. We must stay in line with the promise. Now, in Acts chapter 1, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter one will start at verse one. Let me get, let me get my Bible over here. Acts chapter one and verse one. The disciples were determined to put in action what they had been taught in the book of Acts. They were, they were determined. So we read on here in Acts chapter one, starting at verse one. The former account I made, O Theopolis, Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we see here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to both to do, to produce, to carry out, and to teach. So he was carrying out things. He was teaching. He was imparting instruction. He was instilling doctrine. Now, f- remember this. Let me bring something to your memory so we we'll all be on the same page here. This is after Jesus had rose from the dead and it came back. All right? Everybody understand, Jesus was buried, he arose from the dead, he's back, now he's ministering. Now Jesus is ministering. And so we read here, he's he's doing things, and he's also teaching. In verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after he threw up through, the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So now Jesus is giving commandments. He's given commandments. He's dead. He's rose. And then he's given commandments to the apostles. He's told them what they to do. And to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So the Bible says after he died and risen, 40 days has taken place. 40 days has taken place. So if, now 40 is significant when it comes to God. In fact, I believe truly that God, that 40 is one of God's, uh, times that he uses to test people. Remember Moses, the children of Israel were in the desert 40 years. Jesus was tempted in the debt, tempted 40 days and 40 nights. So 40 is significant. And here we are reading about 40 again. So 40 is something significant to God. And so, and, Why do I think that 40 is significant? He shows back up and gives them more instruction on the 40th day. Remember, he had told them to wait in Luke 24 and 49. I want you to wait. I want you to wait. 40 days had passed. And so now he's reminding them, I I need you to keep on waiting. But I'm giving you instructions. And so you must understand. And let me bring this to us today. Many times God will make your promise, but he never tells you the exact date he's coming. going to do it right. So he brings you back on a Sunday and he tells you, keep on waiting. Y'all got that, right? Well, I, you're not out of debt yet. He says to keep on waiting. Your body is not completely healed yet. Keep on waiting. Listen, I'm not told to deliver yet. Keep on waiting. I haven't forgot about you. It's just I haven't manifested what I told you I'm going to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you commandments. I'm going to give you charging. I'm going to give you stuff to do. I don't want you to sit around looking up at the sky waiting for me to fall down. I need for you to keep the word moving. Are y'all following me here? I need for you to keep on witnessing. I need for you to keep on loving your neighbor. I need for you to keep on being a disciple. I need for you to keep on learning the word. I don't need you to talk about, well, it ain't come to pass. It must don't work. No, it's going to come to pass, we just got to keep on working it. Because why? We're faith walkers. We walk by faith and not by sight. And you can get caught up because it's not happening on your timetable. You know how some people are? It don't happen on my timetable, so it must not go work. The nerve of you. The nerve of you. You think you're all that important. This got to happen on your timetable. You pray it don't happen, so God must not be God. Well, who are you? Why are we so quote unquote spiritual that if it don't happen by this day, then it's not going to happen. Some of us need to repent and say, God, I'm so sorry. I tried to put you on your time table and Lord, I, I know you got this thing in your under control. Oh, let me get out of that. Let me move on. When we talk about how important it is to assemble ourselves together in God's house, we see Jesus as our great example. See, there's power and strength when we assemble ourselves together, just like Jesus did. told them here. Jesus was gathered with them, but he was giving instructions. So we read on in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, and being assembled together. They, they they were assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So notice this. They were assembled together. They did what he told them to do. He said, "Assemble together. Forty days later, they assembled together and they're waiting. Why? Because he told them to wait. Now. When we go back and you study in scripture, you will see there were 500 heard about the message, but only 120 showed up. Some people left before it was their time. I don't want us to be a church that people leave before it's time time. Listen, there's some people that need to receive the promises of God, but they, because God hasn't moved as fast as he wanted them to, they say, well, you know, I'm going to go find and do it my way. Don't do that. You gotta be like the children of it, excuse me, the believers here. You got to assemble yourself together. Then you gotta follow his what? Commands. His orders are his charge. And notice what his, his order was? Don't depart. You know why he told me that? In my opinion, cause some departed. Some left, some went their way. He said, but wait for the what? Promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard, notice what he said, from me. He let them know quickly, listen, you might have heard it from a lot of different folks, but you heard from me, don't depart. Now, if you depart now, it's not you leaving what man said, it's you're leaving what God told you to do. Are y'all seeing the difference there? It's not just uh man telling them, you need to stay here. It's God telling you, you need to stay right here. You need to stay right here. And then he goes on to say in, in the uh his other instruction was this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart, not to separate, not to divide, not to go away from Jerusalem, but to wait. Stay around, and I like this definition, settle down. Cause you know what happens a lot of time, our mind, our mind will leave before our bodies leave. Thank y'all for two and a half Amen. Our mind will leave before our body will leave. Like sometimes if you're not careful, I, you could be looking at me, but you don't say it, amen. Twenty minutes ago. And you're not hearing what I'm saying because your mind has said amen. I am I heard what I need to hear. I'm moving on to the next. No, we got to stay here. We got to settle down in our minds and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because you may get a word here ten minutes ago, but there'll be another word coming around your way in just a few minutes. He says wait. I've got a promise for you. I've got something I need to give you that's in relation to the promise I made to you. Mm, I need that, God. I need what you got for me, God. I need to settle down. I need to pause and expect. I'm looking for God. I'm selling down. I'm selling down. Not, in my, not just necessarily in my body, but in my mind. And I'm expecting for God. What is he going to give me? The promise. The promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard, and I like how he put this, from me. He let them know. Listen, I know i got disciples here, and I've got those in leadership here, but this comes from me. And you got to know, when you're in the sanctuary, what comes from man and what comes from God. When it comes from God, you say, hey, I ain't playing with that right now. Because sometimes you can hear a word like, okay. Pastor Pastor Dob said this, but really, oh, that's God talking to me right there. That's God speaking to me right there. Oh God, He's saying, wait. Oh Pastor, He's the most patient person in the world. I know that didn't come from Him, so I know that must be from God. You gotta understand something. You you gotta look at some scripture like, oh, I heard what Dick said earlier, but Dick didn't get that from himself. Dick got that from God. I need to follow what he's saying so I can get, make sure that every time I give, I go back to my experience with God and say, Hey, he did it then. He'll do it again. It's sad when, when they go, you go back to your experience, you see God bring you out, but yet you decide not to follow him. Well, that's a sad place to be in. And they, and then people yeah. act like trouble ain't going to come no more. You ever know some people? um, They act like trouble ain't gonna come no more. Okay, well, he got me out of this. I'm okay now because you don't feel any pressure on you. I'll give you a few more months. A few more months, a few more years. I'm not trying to wish doom and gloom on nobody. But this is life, y'all. Life is real. Life is real, and you can play with God all you want to, but life is real. I want God to say, I want to be quickly to repent and say, God, I'm so sorry, I messed up. Not have to repent of me doing all the stuff back here and <laughs> catching my way up to Him. I want to be able to say, God, forgive me, let me move forward from Him. God is a merciful God, is He not? Thank God for His mercy. Jesus told disciples, and He is telling us today, stay put. Don't get separated and divided mentally or physically. And wait for the promise. Get settled down in your physical location, but also in your thinking, and your talking, and in your actions, in your mind. And so we got to watch for our mind. Our mind will take us some places, y'all. ooh Boy, I'm telling you, our mind will take us in places. And for those of you, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, but you got to learn how to put it under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. For, for people that love to think a lot, you got to really pray for your mind. Because your mind be gone. Now for some of us who get a cellar down, we can watch TV and just zone it out, that's different. But for some of y'all who, your mind just be, you can't hardly watch television cause your mind is, tell, listen, five or six things that happen, you would like, what happened? <laughs> you have to go back. Why? Cause your mind won't sell it down. So we have to look, do what he says in the scripture, let the Holy Spirit teach us how to cellar down our minds. Tell that our mind, sell it down our mind. See, man can help us to get to a certain place in God through encouraging us, ministering us, praying for us, and actually baptizing immersing us in water. But we can't stop there. See, the baptism and immersion in water is great, but the baptism immersion of the Holy Spirit, it takes it to another level. Woo, that's why the Lord knew we needed power. Woo, power. We need power. Not just any power, but Holy Ghost power. Power to live a life of abundance. Power for an ability and peace and prosperity and victory in Jesus. That's why he lets the disciples know, whoo, I'm taking you higher. I'm taking you higher than Acts 1 and 5. For John truly baptized, immersed with water, you, excuse me, excuse me, baptized you, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So remember now, he said, I'm going to be baptizing you. Yeah, you were baptized in water, but you should also should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the character and the personality of Christ when you baptize. See, not only will you be baptized in water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the character and the nature of Christ. And see, I love that about God because, see, that helps me to live this Christian journey in the nature of Christ. Listen, when I go to work, I don't need to lead the baptism here. I need to take this with me. Because when I go to work, I need the nature and the character of Christ. When I do my business, I need the nature and the character of Christ. Woo-wee. Real, real quickly, lift your this one hand, one hand, real quickly. Father, I pray that you baptize every one of them with the nature and the character of Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right, let's go, a little Father. so we're getting ready. We get we're setting we're an atmosphere now. The Holy Spirit is ministering and He's talking to us, even as I talk to you. But notice this, they started asking questions as to what they thought his purpose should be instead of what it actually was. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority. See, Jesus let them know this was not what this is about. Because this wasn't the first time they asked him about, are you getting ready to come and take over the kingdom? This was a constant question because everybody thought he was going to take over the kingdom of that particular time. But he said, no, that ain't about my kingdom. In other words, I'm not getting involved in politics. And let that sink in for a moment. He said, I'm not getting involved with it. I see it, but I'm not getting involved with it. Because why? I've got a bigger kingdom that more power, more authority and if I get the kingdom in you you can deal with the politics. Oh, look, Lord, look how y'all looking at him. here. Acts 1 and 8 but you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. But you shall receive power. You're going to lay hold of what power? Strength. God's strength. God's ability, God's miracle working power, Jesus character and Jesus personality, God's divine resources, God's favor, God's ability to influence or share God's word with others when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're going to receive that when the Holy Spirit, so when the Holy Spirit comes, this is a sign, not only the signs of speaking in tongues, but you ought to see God's strength in your life. You ought to receive God's ability in your life. You ought to receive God's miracle working power in your life. You ought to receive Jesus character and Jesus personality in your life. You should receive God's divine resources in your life, his divine favor in your life. And you should receive God's power to witness and to share God's word with others. And see, Pentecost is a time where we're celebrating the manifestation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon mankind. See, the more that the Lord opens the scripture to us, just as he did in Luke 24 and 45, we're able to appreciate the importance of waiting for the promise to fill us, recharge us, and refresh us. In fact, we expect for God to do what he said according to his word. That's why when we pray and we study scriptures and have devotion time and come into the house of God, we expect to be recharged, we expect to be refreshed, and we expect to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to feed fill us. We expect that. Why? Because of our because why? Of Luke twenty four and forty five. And he opened, he opened their mind, caused them to understand their un- Excuse me, their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. See, Pentecost is a day of celebration. It's a day of Thanksgiving. It's a celebration of one of the Lord's feasts. Let's go back for a moment. I want to give you just a tad bit of history concerning what was happening in this particular day. Because this was not the first time they were celebrating, and they didn't really call it Pentecost then. It was called something different, which i go over here in just a moment. So in Leviticus 23, and you can just follow me as I read this, Leviticus 23, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim, to be holy, sacred, and separated uh, by God, Excuse me, holy convocations. Convocation means to call together uh, of the many feasts. And see, Moses obeyed God and proclaimed God's message to the children of Israel. And when he did, there were several feasts that were talked about. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is Leviticus 23 and verse 6. The Feast of first fruits, which is Leviticus 23, 9 through 14. And the one we're dealing with now, the Feast of Weeks. You will find this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 21. Let me read Leviticus 23, 15 through 21, so you can understand why they were gathered together. Why they were gathered together. And you should count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, that from the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days, Leviticus 20, excuse me, verse 16. Count 50 days to the day of the seventh Sabbath, then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two weight loaves of two tenths of an ephah. They should be a fine flour. They should be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They should be as a burnt offering to the Lord, and the grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats of a sin offering, and two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of their first fruits as a Wave offering before the Lord with two lambs; they shall be holy to the Lord for the priests. And you shall proclaim on the same day that is a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a statue forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. So, from the days of Moses until Jesus—excuse me—to the day of Pentecost, or excuse me, fifty days before. Because Jesus came, to, they had came to town to celebrate this particular feast, and they had been celebrating that for years. This same feast, they had been celebrating it for years. I mean years, 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 celebrating the same feast. And so this, in their mind, was probably no different from when they came the year before, the year before, and the year before. They came together, but now something different has happened. Jesus said, I want you to tear it. Now, notice this. He said on 50 days, 50 days, we read that in the book of Leviticus 23 and 16. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you should offer a new grain offering to the Lord. So in other words, Moses started the message, but Jesus fulfilled the message. Moses started the message, but Jesus fulfilled the message. Moses started the 50 day count, but Jesus finished the 50 day count. And so here we are, here we are, Jesus has died and resurrected, and here we are 50 days later. Now remember now, it's, well excuse me, 50 days is Pentecost, but it has been 40 days, and Jesus stepped in and says, keep on waiting. Remember, it's 50 days, but remember, he, stopped, he came up 40 days later and said, hey, keep on waiting. I'm give you commandments to keep on waiting. And we read, of course, over in Acts 1 and 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Stay where you are. Keep your mind here. I know you're saying it's not going to happen, but stay right here. For the promise... The promise, a declaration or assurance that one would do a particular thing will happen. It is of the, excuse me, the promise of the Father, which He said, you have heard from me. So the question would be, He told them to wait. Would it be worth their wait? Would it be worth their wait? Now, Jesus is telling them to wait. I told you earlier, not everybody waited. It, they would, they did not think it was valuable enough for them to wait. But I gotta ask the question now, do, when we hear the promise of God, do we wait on God? Or do we think what he said, well, it ain't happened yet. You ain't lived long enough to, you wonder if it's gonna happen or not. Is God gonna get me out of debt? Is God gonna heal my body? Is God going to put my relationship back together? Is God going to heal my mind? Is God going to do this, that, and the other? Is it worth the wait? Is it worth the wait? Especially when it seems like things are getting worse before they get better. Is it worth the wait? Can you handle the wait? Is it? Listen, can your mind handle the wait? Can your kid folks, you say, God, gonna do it. And they see you in a worse state than where they saw you before. Can you handle the weight? You go to the doctor and the doctor give you worse news instead of bad news. Can, better news. Can you handle the weight? You, you're believing God in the relationship, but can you handle the weight that God is going to do to work out your relationship? Can you handle the way? Can I, can, I, can I drop one or two more on you right quick? I'm single. And I wait for a mate. Can you handle the weight? Listen. I, I'm, I'm saved but my spouse not saved. Can I handle the weight? Listen. I've been given and given and given. But can I handle? When am I going to get my good measure pressed down. Shaking together. And running over. Can I handle? And is it worth my wait? Is it worth my wait? And let me say this to you. The promise is worth the wait. Hear what I'm saying in the sanctuary? The promise is worth the wait. I know you've been going through, but the promise God made you is worth the wait. Oh, I hear you, Lord. Let me say this to you. The enemy will try to give you another outcome that don't line up with Scripture and tell you that that's better than what God has promised you. The enemy will tell you, hey, go ahead and do this, that, and the other. And you know it don't line with the word, and he'll try to paint a picture. And let me say this to you, the picture looked good. And sometimes the picture in 3D. It's 3D a word, I guess is it. It got all the dimensions. It got all the fine points to it. It looked good. It it, it, it smelled good. It sounded good. It, it messed with the eyes. It mess with your, uh, your ego. It does all this. It looks like it's going to work. But you know that outcome is not going to be godly. Because why? It's not worth the wait. I know it looked like it's worth the wait, but it's not worth the wait. It's not worth the wait. But what God promised you, it's well worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Let's go to Acts chapter one and verse eight. Why is it worth the wait? Because you're gonna receive power. You're gonna receive power. Oh, oh, pastor. Well, I, I, I thought that. Now you're gonna receive power. Before the manifestation comes, you're gonna receive power. Power. You're gonna restra- receive strength. You're going to receive ability. You're going to receive more strength. You're going to receive resources rising from numbers when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you should be witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let me say this to you. Before you get the manifestation, you're going to get power. Power. Oh, good God almighty. Boy, this is good to me right now. Watch this. Before you get the manifestation of your deliverance, you're going to get power to make it to your deliverance. Before you get your manifestation of being debt free, you're going to be giving and you're going to keep on giving and you're going to keep on giving and you're going to see God do great things in your life. You're going to get the power to give. Watch this. If God knows you can give when you didn't have it, he knows you'll give when you do have it. Listen, if God knows you'll praise him in the middle of your trial and your tribulation, he knows you'll praise him when you come out. Why? Because he knows that you know that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Why? Because he opened up your mind to the scriptures. You see God for who he really is. See, can't nobody take away your experience with God because you've already experienced him and you saw God show up and show out in the middle of what you were going through. Man, can you imagine... How Job came through, and he went through that horrendous trial, and he still came out talking about how good God is, how wonderful he is, and Job went through a tremendous trial. Horrendous. I would not wish that on anybody, but he went through it, and he came through. Well, I believe that you've been going through some stuff in your life, and you gonna come through it. And you gonna come through better than what you went through. And you'll be like them boys and went down in the fire. You gonna be in the fire, but you ain't gonna smell like smoke. You ain't gonna smell like smoke. You ain't gonna have no hint of smoke on you. You gonna be in the fire, but the fire is not gonna have you. You gonna be on that job, but the job ain't gonna have you. You gonna be in that thing, but it ain't gonna have you. You gonna be in it, but God... And you know if God bought you out once, as D said earlier, and He bought you out once, and He bought you out again, and He bought you out 22 times. Why are you doubting God? That can bring you out time number 23. Some of us God involved so many times we stopped counting years ago. <laughs> years ago, but we have not forgot the experience that we had with God. Some of us are here today because of the grace of God. It ain't nothing because of what we did, but God's great, And so we see that his weight is worth. The promise is worth the weight. The promise is worth the weight. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Father. And see, God will give you power, strength that goes beyond human strength. It's divine strength. See, power, he gives you, give me, he gives you ability intellect and resources. He also gives you ability to complete the task at hand or the assignment that you have from God. It's divine and moral strength that helps you to think and talk and conduct your life according to the written and revealed word of God. See, in our own personal walk with Christ, the Lord is well worth the wait to receive the power that comes from the Holy Ghost, which is essential in our everyday life. See, we need the Holy Spirit in our devotion time, our business, our relationship, raising our children, our careers, our jobs, our family, and the way we think, talk, and conduct our lives. We need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is worth the promise. It's worth the wait. How many believe the Holy Spirit is worth the wait? Now, I'm going to go in Acts chapter 2, verse one, uh, 1 through 4 and close it out. So, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, it reads as follows. Let me get my Bible. I'm sorry. Acts chapter two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So notice this. When the day of Pentecost is the 50th day. Now let me say this to you. Remember he came to them the 40th day and told them to keep waiting. Now it's day number 50. Now let me say this to you. What we're about to read about, they had no idea what's going to happen in my opinion. This is something they get ready to experience for the very first time. Now let me say this to you. I don't even read any Bible reference they can go to. There's nothing in the book of uh, Exodus or Deuteronomy or Isaiah or Psalms or anywhere else that can give you what they get ready to experience. So now when they get ready to go and experience this, this is something that's going to be unique to them and, and, and something that is going to be profound. I mean, it's life changing. When they get ready to receive, what's getting ready to happen to them is life changing. So now it's day 50. Day 50. Pentecost had fully come. They were all at one accord in one place. They had one mind. They had one passion. They went to one another. Why? Because they were waiting on the promise. They were waiting on the promise. Now, I'm not saying they all like the same food, but they, they had the common denominator was the promise that God had for them. And see, when we're in the house of God, we have to go by the common denominator, which is God's promise. If God say better is here, better is coming, that's our common denominator. If we say bigger is here, bigger is coming, that's our common denominator. If we say we're going to be faith walkers, that, uh, that is our common denominator. One mind. One accord. One place. I like get ready to change for the battle. Get ready to change for the battle. Somebody say, get ready to change for the battle. And notice what happened in verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Who shut down by a sound And it filled as if a, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly there came a sound, a noise from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled, it made complete, it it supplied the whole house, not part, but the whole house where they were sitting. See, the will of God is where we will see the manifestation of the promise. The best place to be is in the will of God. The safest place to be is in the will of God. The best place to be is in the will of God. And see, the sound of the noise that came from heaven, it filled the whole house. To me, this is symbolic of how the Lord wants to fill us with His Spirit. I believe God wants to fill every every young man, woman, boy, and girl in this sanctuary. I'm talking about us. I ain't talking about leave, leave. Leave. Listen. Be completely filled, and not only completely filled in the sanctuary, but when you go to work, you're still completely filled. When you go home, you completely feel when you get in your car, you'll completely feel God. Don't want to just feel you here. And then listen, when you let. It. Lord, we can't let it leak out, can we? We can't let it leak out, can we? We can't let it leak out through unbelief. We can't let it leak out through doubt. We can't let it leak out through bad reports. We can't let it leak out through anger. We can't let it leak out. Who tells my you can't let it leak out. You can't let it leak out. Can't let it leak out. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. So notice this. It set. It appointed. It conferred a kingdom on them. See, the Holy Spirit set upon them. It appeared to them as well. Notice this. They saw it, and they heard it. See, that's a powerful event. That's powerful. And it's only made possible by the Lord himself. See, it's it's a unique one, and I'm sure that none of them forgot what the Lord was doing to them. None of them forgot it. Can you imagine? you in a room, and all of a sudden, something comes sitting on your neighbor's head. And you're like, what is that on your head? I heard the sound. There it is, sitting on your head, and and you look at me and say, "It's on your head too." And you look to your left. It's on your head too. It's on your head too. Man, this thing is getting more powerful and more unique by the second. But let me say this to you: You can't underestimate what God does for you on a day by day basis. It's unique. Listen, some of you got a testimony. Didn't can't nobody do me like Jesus. Listen, nobody can heal my body like Jesus. Nobody paid my bills like Jesus. Nobody gave me a sound mind like Jesus. Nobody filled me with his spirit like Jesus did. And you got a unique experience that nobody else got except you. Therefore, you got a, 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 a me, your walk with God is powerful and unique. See, your experience with God takes you to a whole new level. Well, I'm telling you, your experience with God takes you to a whole new level. You you say, well, Pastor I I know what happened to you, but I know what happened to Isaiah. I know what happened in, in the book in First and Second Peter. I know what happened to the disciples, but let me tell you what happened to me. Oh, can't nobody tell it like you tell it, what God has done for you, how God delivered you, how God paid your bills, how God healed your body, how God bought you out, how God did what he did in your life. When everybody else gave up and you kept believing God, it happened for you. Some of you got testimonies right now that's unique to you. And let me say this to you. You might, you can see people similar to you, but nobody knows what God done for you except you. And you know God did it for you. I mean, listen, can't nobody do you like Jesus. I mean you read about it all you read Psalms, you read uh, Exodus, you read Genesis, you read the book of Proverbs, you read what happened to the widow woman, you read what happened in Mark Luke, Matthew, John you read what happened in Acts, you read what happened in Philippians and Ephesians but Revelation, but look what happened in 2022 in the month of June look what happened in your life look what God is doing you don't you ever throw it, look don't never take for granted what God is doing in your life on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday afternoon, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, on a Saturday. What is God doing in your life? Woo. I think I need a little help with that. I want you to look around and look at tool people, and says, don't take for granted what God's doing in your life. Don't take for granted what God's doing in your life. Don't you take for granted how God healed you. Don't, don't forget how God paid that bill when you thought it was going to be cut off. Don't you forget when that money showed up unexpectedly. Don't you forget when God healed you, when God gave you an answer, when God did what he did. It's unique to you. And it all goes back to the promise is worth the wait. You waited on God, and God did not disappoint you. Hope maketh not ashamed. You, you 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 waited on God. I know it wasn't easy. See, one thing I when I'm thinking about the disciples, the people that waited here in the Bible, I know they got a little apprehensive. Because that's that's why Jesus showed back up and told them to keep on waiting. That's my opinion anyway. And you may agree or disagree with me, but he, he showed back up. You know what God does for us week in and week out? He showed back up. Listen, some of y'all didn't get that. I thought I heard two or three people get it. He showed up every week and says, keep on waiting for me. Yeah, I know I fulfilled something last week, but I've got some more promises I want to fulfill in your life. Listen, I've got some more deliverance I want to do in your life. I've got some more healing I want to do in your life. I've got, listen, I got some more money for you, my sister. I got some more money for you, my brother. I got some more anointing for you. I've got some more love for you. I've got some more favor for you. I've been, I'm still doing it exceedingly, abundantly, above everything I ask or think. Tell somebody, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. And tell somebody, he ain't finished yet. He ain't finished yet. He ain't finished yet. I'm sorry. Let Let me get that verse four. And notice this. And they will, you feel, they will feel. They will feel with what? The Holy Spirit. They will feel with the Holy Spirit. And not only that, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, they had they were filled. They had they it was filled. It was they couldn't, it was no room or room. There was no room because they were filled. There was nothing left. They were filled. They were filled, y'all. God is filling us in the sanctuary if we we'll await on him. Let me tell you something. Listen, I don't think God can do it. Let me tell you something. God is still God. God is still God. God can fill everybody in the sanctuary. He's, he's not going to run out of the Holy Spirit because he's not going to run out. He, he's got it for us today. He's got it for us this morning. He's got it for us. And, and the most important thing I see in this text is, it, Well, there's so much in this, but one good thing I can see about this is that as you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you see more of the promises of God. You see more of his promises. You see more than just, I'm talking about being filled. You see the favor of God operating in your life. You see the scriptures being opened up to you. You start studying. You're like, Oh, that's what Pastor Albert was talking about. I'm here reading on, on a Tuesday morning and hear God open up the scriptures to me. Oh, my goodness. I'm praying, and, and, and I'm not just praying selfish prayers, but I'm praying for others, and I'm seeing God manifest that prayer. I'm seeing, I'm witnessing out here, and God's giving me words and I I don't even know where the words come from. I'm knowing scriptures I do not even know I knew, cause God, you you get the Holy Spirit is ministering through you. You you got ability. You on a job now, and now you got know how how to do certain parts of that job you didn't know how to do before. You're listen, you're raising your children, and you wonder how what you're gonna do for this child's life, and God is showing you what to do for this child. Holy Spirit has given that to you? I'm talking about, that's why the promise is worth the wait. It's worth it. God is still doing great work through His people because the promise is worth the wait. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.